everybody, welcome into another edition of Silver Linings Podcast. I'm Adam, and there is Sexy Rexy. Um, I'm not so sexy tonight. Got myself a Band-Aid. Uh, Rex punched me. He got very upset at something I said in one of the podcasts. Uh, I turned my head, and then he just caught me right there, and blood went everywhere. So because of that, um, I'll be wearing a Band-Aid for the next couple of days. You feel good? Pretty good when we're... When we're 300 miles apart, that's quite the bunch. Nice long arms you got there, Stretch. Um, anyway, so tonight we're excited about this podcast because uh, we've we've learned to love and, and grown to love the Other Side Academy and the Other Side Village. We've had several guests on from there, um, and these are people who have been uh, addictions and homeless and all the things that need a second chance in life. A 20th chance in life, a 50th chance in life, whatever it is, uh, they're finding some really good success at the uh, Other Side Academy and Village. So uh, Rex and I, when last time we were in, in Salt Lake, we actually went there and videoed from the actual place and talked to real people from there. So this podcast is going to be, Rex and I are playing the like the TV show Ridiculous on MTV, where you have a host and then he just plays videos and we all just kind of watch the videos while we host it. Just right. like and only only different, only different, and, uh, like kind of like that. And Sean, please forgive us, Sean. We don't know how oh. he's going to react to this because the video quality and the sound quality are not to Sean's specification at all. And we're going to ask him to post it. He may refuse. So we hope you get a podcast this week. You guys may not get this, so this just may be us doing this for our own good. But yeah, Sean, the, and Sean's right. The audio, uh, unless you have a mic, the right mics and all that, it doesn't sound great. But we get the gist of it, and we get to we get to hear people's stories, so I love that. That is true. The stories are so compelling that even if we have sound video problems and transition problems, because that's up to me, the video, the interviews are worth it. What they say, what they've experienced, what they share are worth it. So here we go. Stick right. with us, please. Uh, welcome into another edition of Silver Lightings Podcast. I'm Adam. Oh, let me flip the phone around. There's a red X. So uh, we're at the Other Side Academy. Inside, sorry, Other Side Village and we're here uh, here in Salt Lake today because we're doing a couple of things in Salt Lake. But while we were here, we thought we'd come visit. Uh, since we had Robbie and, and Brian on our podcast, how long was that? Three months ago? Two or three months ago, we had them on. And the response was amazing. And we felt so many of our optimists felt close to them and had some really great comments. Um, and so Rex and I wanted to get an uh, inside look on what is, you know, the Other Side Village about. And so Rex is going to be doing an interview right here. In, and I'm going to be going on a tour. Uh, and we have uh, Brian. And who else do we have? Gideon. Gideon. All right. So we have Brian, uh, Brian and Gideon. And so what is this room called that we're in? What's this room called? Just the living room. See, the, there's a cool pool table that I'm, I think this is pretty awesome. Uh, okay, so Rex, you do the interview over here. We'll, we'll, the podcast will be interesting because we'll have two things going on at once. <laughs> that's what we do. We have two things going on at once. Uh, we do, and uh, that's our podcast, everybody. We'll transition here. Yeah. All right, 
Well, I'm sitting here with, with Jeff in the other side village, Salt Lake City. Jeff recently... Sorry for that transition. I have to share my screen here. If I... That's okay. You're going to share it. We're just waiting on you. It's hard to run your... I wouldn't want to be your, in your situation right now. You're in the hot seat. You got to put the... You got to put the video up. You got to take my video down that I sent you on Facebook, which we won't tell Sean about. And then your video. Here we go. There we go. Now we're cooking. Yeah. Hey. Talk to you about, uh, all right. Well, I'm sitting here with, with Jeff in the other side village, Salt Lake City. Jeff recently graduated from the other side academy. And came here to work. Now, Jeff, none of us knows what that means. But you want to tell us, introduce yourself, tell us uh, briefly what the academy is, what your experience was there, and how and why you came to work here at the village, which I understand it's not easy to get in here to work. Right. Is, that, is that true? So, yeah. Okay. You must have known someone or paid a lot of money in there or been spectacular. So, take it away. So, I am Jeff. Uh, I'm a four-year student at the Other Side Academy. Um, the Other Side Academy is actually a two-and-a-half-year life skills academy for men and women who have been incarcerated, homeless, or have addictions. And then it gives them a second chance of life from coming up off the streets. It's uh, totally free. We don't take any government funding. Um, it teaches accountability, honesty, and integrity, and among other things. Um, it's ran all by... People who have been incarcerated or homeless, um, they have social enterprises. We have a movie company. We have a truth thrift stores. Um, we also have uh, corporate development, food services, things like that. Um, I was a crew boss at the thrift store pretty much my whole state. Um, I also did encryption deliveries there. So, um, and upon graduating, you know, I, I was trying to decide what to do with my life and, and I've never been the one to hold a job down or anything like that. I've never had any purpose in life. So I figured why not help others and help the homeless um, and come to the other side village. So you mentioned the homeless with the other side village. So there's an academy, you mentioned people there usually been incarcerated, maybe homeless. What's the distinction between the two programs? So the, the, the village um, is for the chronically homeless uh, and also those who have uh, mental illness. Um, the academy is not set up for that. So the village is a, is a great place for that. Okay, so how does someone get to the village, get accepted into the village, and what does the village experience do? Um, so there's a, a two-process interview. Uh, interview process and um we go out to facilities and places that are currently have homeless there and see if this would be a good fit for them so we go there and we interview them uh there's lots of questions and kind of like a life back background story and then uh, then they come here and they hang out for a day to see if they're a good fit for the for the village let me interrupt that for just a second. When you say they come here, this facility um, houses a certain amount of people. Tell us about that, but then tell us the vision of the village. What's okay? So where you're going? 
So a welcome neighborhood or the, the prep school is where we currently are now. Um, that we we could house twenty neighbors called neighbors, and uh, so it's a six month to a year process, and it, it's almost like the academy where you know you go from freshman, sophomore, junior, to senior once you become it. But here you present to the community since this is a democratic community um, why you should level up. Um, it's not it's not like a time based thing it, you know so yeah everything here is uh voted upon the democratic community unlike the other side academy where it's more of a hierarchy um where there's uh tribe leaders and tribe and barbers we give uh hunting watch this year it's a little different so and then once you once you graduate the neighborhood um then you go to the village and become part of the village where that is where the tiny homes are a process of being built and the land is is just now being set up for the house that you put there so and that is in salt lake city yep and we're in basically salt lake city but it's called murray the section city isn't it? where you touch i live for uh one ski season about three blocks from here so so i'm in my old stomping grounds this now there's a miniature home in the park yep and we part match to that someone donated is the village going to be full of those particular all oops uh they're a little different the one that's the one that's here the university of utah built and donated um the other ones are at stack home or it's called stack we're going to go see uh we're going to go on a tour there the time so i haven't seen those homes yet I've only been here for a couple of weeks. <laughs> but yeah. And and Jeff, how how um what are the village what's the village organization looking for when they hire someone like someone like yourself to be a coach here? Oxpo, you have to come from a similar background. Uh for me, um I was homeless for twenty five plus years. Um Twenty-five plus years. Twenty-five like twenty-seven. No, I'm forty. But okay, okay. I was always basically from, you know, a teenager, on and off all the way. You know, my, you know, my mom would take me back in if they were really bad. But uh, where where was there? Um, so I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota. So yeah, don't you die being homeless one winter in Minnesota? You would, yeah. It's good for your old care habits. But I've traveled all over. Um. So to run from my problems, I would always work, go, I went and worked at the carnival for about 12 years. Um, and that was, that's a whole other story, but <laughs> I ended up coming to Utah because I met a woman and she, she ended up getting pregnant and, uh, she's from Utah and we, she had the baby, we went to Minnesota, had the baby, then came here. And, uh, after we were together for a little while. We ended up getting into an argument. I, I went back to using and drinking and everything. We got into an argument. Um, I went to jail for a domestic, ended up homeless. I went to the New Life program at the rescue mission for about nine months. Uh, didn't make it there. I ended up relapsing. And then I went and lived in the canyons for about six years. Um, while I was living in there, there was an incident in it. 
um, where I basically tried to be a hero and save this woman's life who ended up, she was stabbed. And then I was also stabbed and uh, ended up in a coma for four days. Went back onto the streets for about a year. My mom ended up passing away and I ended up just hitting rock bottom. Luckily, I found the other side academy last the last time I went to jail. And, you know, they were going to release me back out in the streets. And I told them, you, just, you can't do that because I'm just going to go back to the same thing. And luckily, I, I got accepted at the Zed Academy. That, Jeff, that story is amazing. And, and we know from the interview with, with Brian and Robbie that so many of our, the people, we call them optimists that listen to our program. So many of them have that experience in their family. So they have a family experience, maybe not a personal experience, but they definitely have a family experience and they're listening to you and relating a little too bad, she don't feeling that, that pain. What was it about the academy that worked that hadn't worked for you before? Um, so it's, it's a peer driven community and, um, you know, we go through our whole lives without accountability or anything. So anytime that you mess up there and make a mistake, um, your peers were all geocodical and it's so not the staff. Well, th- there is here is our staff. Kind of. Yeah. So there is, there is staff, but, um, you know, you're, the, it's not a, how can I explain it? You know, it's because of your peers and we all come from the same background. It's a little easier to listen to, to them instead of like a psychiatrist or, or somebody that has no idea what the life that you that you've been through telling you this is how you are this is you know this is why why you act this way and things like that so um it you know it's it's whole life change whole person change and and uh now you know i don't even listen to rap music you know i don't watch inappropriate things on the internet or anything like that it, it's all thanks to the upset academy so wow yeah and there must be you been with so many people everyone has a story don't they yeah oh yeah and there's tragedy in all of them i'm mm-hmm. sure um and the silver lining is coming out and overcoming that i don't know what the odds are but they've got to be pretty small uh don't make it through and turn your mice around yeah like okay i want to get get a job what do i do i want right. to help other people that's got to be a small percentage of people that can do that or that had the opportunity and the ability to do that. It is, yeah, yeah. Love, we love those stories. We love, especially the silver lining, because, like I say, everyone's affected by it. Everyone knows someone or has someone in their family. So to to hear a silver, a real life silver lining story is just just amazing. And to find out more about the facility. So thanks for taking time. No I do appreciate it. I think we're going to try to find one of the neighbors to uh, okay. uh, to here. All right, all right. I'll get me funds this. Adam, every time I hear a story, I'm just amazed. Um, when I that's the first time me hearing his story, and I, I was also I brought to tears just because you just think about how hard this guy's life was and what he went through, and here he is, just found his way. Like when he said he had rock bottom, he had been stabbed he saved somebody's life he's been um on the streets his mom just died he has nobody like zero he doesn't have anybody in his life and the other side academy pulled him in 
and has helped him get to where he's at now. I mean, just, just like those, those are the stories that just really, really give me. Um, you know, and it, it's a real blessing to make it into the academy. It's not like they accept all comers. You go to an interview with some of the peers there, and there are certain things, and I know this from, believe it or not, very recent experience in my family. And, um, you know, the situation didn't work for that person in my family. They weren't able to take advantage of it. But they are very good at finding people for whom the program will work. And it, it's a blessing for the people that that can do it, but they don't want to set someone up for failure and to bring in someone just because they have a tough story. If the academy's not going to help them, they don't bring them in. I will say this. I, I do still listen to rap music, and maybe TikTok is inappropriate. I'm not sure. You aren't the person I was talking about. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> good, good. Just making but, confessions there. But now we're going to hear from a neighbor that from the village here. Again, okay. another tremendous story. Well, I won't even try to tell it. Here we go. All right. All right. I'm sitting here now, still in the other site village. I'm here with Lipo Lou. He's one of the what are you called here? Guests? Not guests. Neighbors. One of the neighbors. Or I'm sorry. That's okay. At least one of the neighbors here uh, in the village. And so we wanted to find out from him. We first from um, the people you've heard from so far, Lee and Robbie and Brian, work here. They went through the academy, the other side academy, and came on to work here. But we just want to hear from someone that's um, taking advantage of, of this opportunity to be here. Uh, if you would tell us how you got here, why you wanted to be here, and what you had to say to do it for you. Sure. Um, I'm originally from Las Vegas, born and raised. Um, I met my wife. Uh, she's in St. George. I had a mental health episode at St. George. I went to the hospital there, and they didn't have any beds, long-term beds. So they, I had been homeless off and on, chronic homelessness, not only in St. George, but in Las Vegas. Um, so I have your wife. What is my wife? Yes. Yes. So I went to the hospital, you know, seeking mental health treatment. They didn't have any beds, so they had to send me up here. I went to, I believe it was St. Mark's Hospital. I went there. I was there for a week and a half. And the uh, caseworker there steered me to a place called Turning Point, which I believe it was in Sandy. I was there. was a mental health uh, assistance place. I was there for just over three months. And they were having a hard time placing me in housing now for that because there wasn't really anything. Somebody had mentioned to my caseworker there about the other side here. So uh, it was actually Robbie Bryan and uh, another individual that came and interviewed me. And you have to have a, a stretch of chronic homelessness to qualify to be here, which I met. And I like the program from the beginning. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to turn my life around and I'm a recovering alcoholic. And I just, I want to get back on a, on a straight path. And so far being here has helped me. I, I struggle with some things, but I'm getting a lot of help. How do you say so far? How long have you been here? I've been here just 
probably over three months. So the fact that you're here that that long sounds like you have some oh this is this is going to work for you. Yes. What gives you that oath? When I first got here, and I'm not used to this type of environment where there's accountability, you're held to you know certain standards, and I just thought at first everybody's out to get me. But I had to do a lot of soul searching and talking with some coaches. And Robbie was actually one of my coaches beginning. And I talked to him and I said, you know, I need to get out of this thinking that everybody was out to get me in. We talked about it and I did a lot of prayer and searching and writing. And I've looked past that. And the outcomes from I'm still going to make mistakes, but these individuals are here to help, not just me, but everybody else here. So that has instilled out. So before was it were you thinking like, okay, if I make a mistake, I'm probably out of here and someone's gonna do something to trip me up or something's gonna happen or I'm still, you know, I'm a weak individual, something's gonna happen, they're gonna kick me out. And that none of that has happened. No, that has happened. That was a big concern because I had I had mentioned that to Robbie and a couple other coaches here. If I mess up, are you guys gonna ask me to leave? And I, I really thought that because the homelessness thing I said, no. That's not how we operate here. And it took a while for me to understand that, but I haven't formed up to that. Yeah. Don't you love being in a place like this or hearing about a place like this and and seeing real life results, real life process? You're in the process, but you're seeing results so far. Uh, yes. And all of us love hope. You know, we all need it. We all love it. <laughs> so, Ray, thanks for sharing with us. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, changing. They're just changing lives there. I mean, it's so great what they're doing there at the other side village, and I'm and as we talked to uh, the founder, um, he was talking about you know maybe opening up in different cities all over. And there are some already open, but I know people listen to this podcast all over the world and have sent us text and emails about hey, it would be great if we had that in this city. And so I'm with you. I think this is this is a home run for any city. Yeah. The uh, speaking from recent recent experiences, I mentioned my family. Hope is a key factor here. You know, just um, the idea that someone needs something that the rest of us can't provide. And now we've all all of us optimists have seen this. We know it exists. Most of us are thinking. Well, there's this person in my family, or this person I know, or that someone in my family knows. That boy, they need this. Wow, what what that raises hope right there. Now, when yeah. you get in, it's it's a little frustrating. Um, but the fact that when people do qualify, there's a resource that just works so often where others have failed, like in Lee's case. What do you say? Thirty five years of of homelessness and now he has hope and he's three months into it and and going strong and these people are they're suffering from major addictions they've had their whole lives or uh, abuse or whatever whatever it is um and to overcome that to get there to change your life around to have a job to feel a purpose to not want to do whatever you were doing before it's amazing to me and change. And I told you in this on an earlier podcast, in my mind, humans trying to change is the hardest thing in the world. And to actually see 
these huge life changes is a miracle and amazing. And I want to give props to everybody at this place that is really putting in effort to change their lives. Thank you to the optimists who have donated also for this place. I'm thinking back in the podcast last week with Joseph Grinney talking about you know, here's a heroin addict for 20 or 30 years, they'd be a heroin addict. You aren't going to change, they aren't going to change their life in a 30-day program, you know, under a two-week program. No. I mean, that's why people go through the academy, and it's it's years, it's it's four years or so that they go through because they, they have to change, and the way you said it, Adam, was real good. They have to not want to do that anymore enough so they don't do it and we're just human. Us mere mortal humans can't usually do that. We need that peer accountability. And mm-hmm. that's what they sing the praises of is they're accountable to a peer, not another person that doesn't know what they've been through and that can't relate. That doesn't work for these people. Yeah. These people, I say the ones it's successful for. I I don't know who it works for and who it doesn't, but the ones that have told us like you heard Lee say, or um, well, you've heard it a couple times now, but that peer accountability is so critical here. Yeah, and that's one of the things that people said. And then when I went on the tour, but the video that I took on the tour, the audio is terrible. Sean would never post this if we put it on there, so we're going to leave it off. But um, they did show me like all the different things that they do there and what they're up to and how things work. And everybody seems to be like, we're going to hold each other accountable. It's a group effort. And that's another thing. It's hard to do it by yourself. But when you have 30 or 50 or whatever it is, amount of guys are showing up in a, in a group circle and talking about all the different things and the changes and we should be doing this. It's just all that um, support. It's almost like our Facebook group, the support that they're getting is amazing so yeah kudos to to this place i mean and if you know anybody that needs it uh you know try to get them in touch and see if they qualify to get in and you know i'm thinking of of a point that our good friend rachel one of the optimists um emphasized to me recently um well she sent she actually sent a a recording of someone else that emphasized it by counter is coming from rachel yeah Um, you know what qualifies people to work here? What qualifies them is not a college degree. It's that they messed up in life so horribly and then overcame it. And the point of bringing that up is all of us have messed up. Those mess ups qualify us for something. I love the axiom. I live by it. Don't worry about messing up. You can always be used as a bad example. Right, right, right. But what qualifies people to work there are people that have been through that terrible life because they messed up so much. And now they've come back from that. That's what gives hope to other people. Doesn't that remind you, Adam, of our whole optimist community? Exactly. All the... all the wonderful things that are happening there are coming from each other because other people have gone through the the pain, the suffering, the mistakes, whatever it is, they've gone through it. And so the people in our optimist group that have been through that are qualified to love, support, counsel the other people in the group. It's just a 
a little microcosm of the village, isn't it? Yeah, it's, that's what I just said. It reminds me of the, our, our Facebook group reminds me of the village, of all the hope and then all the support. The support is where I think is huge for the, some of these um, human beings that just need support to get through stuff. So same thing in the Facebook group. There's been times where people on our Facebook groups is like, I'm going through a time right now and I don't know what's happening right now. And people just jump on to help that person. So, you know, same same thing. And as, as we've always preached, and if we ever preach anything, the only thing we preach is hope. <laughs> I mean, that's the only advice that we, that we give. We love the word hope. It just gives us that extra whatever we need in life to keep going forward. So... And I will point out, we recognize that not everyone's in the Facebook group, and a lot of people are taking advantage of this without making posts. You don't have to make a post to listen and to feel the love, the concern of people here. Sometimes it's just comments. Sometimes it's just listening to what's going on here. And that's why we say what I'm saying right now, because some people aren't on Facebook. They aren't on YouTube. They aren't leaving comments but they can sure participate in this, um, and they are. And it's a majority of people that are like that. A majority of, of you optimists are not on Facebook, and you are leaving comments, and you're still participating. We feel that. We know that. And we're glad you're participating just by, just by listening. So when we talk about the community and we talk about the people on Facebook, we do it deliberately, um, meaning... We know they're on their posting, et cetera, and get a lot of benefit, but we know the rest of you are here too, and we're grateful for everyone that participates. Yep. So hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully we didn't screw this thing up very bad. I don't know if Sean's even going to post it because the audio, the video, whatever, whatever. We did our best. That's all we can say. But, uh, you know, maybe there's a, maybe we'll do better another time, but we wanted to get you these stories. They're so compelling. Yeah. Yes. Loved them and wanted everyone to experience what we did there. Yeah, totally. All right. We'll see you for another live later this week. We'll figure out when that's going to happen soon.